Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, along with her ace engineer, Angie Quinnell. We're at the Red Deer Golf and Country Club. Home of the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament for the Central... Alberta Children's Advocacy Center. Uh, so far on the show today, I've had Brian Burke, Brian Lawton, Evan Bouchard, Chris Russell, Sheldon Kennedy have all joined us on today's edition of uh, Oilers Now. Without further ado, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for legacy heating and cooling pain overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. We welcome back to the show NHL insider John Shannon. Hello, John. How you doing? Good, Bob. Uh, have you hit them straight today? Nobody uh, would want to, uh, you know what, uh, it's funny because I was having this conversation with Brian Burke, apparently he doesn't golf much either. No, I, I've, I've, been, I've been to Brian's events a few times over the years and all he does is uh, drives around in a golf cart, drinks beer and uh, criticizes people, like, yeah. a, like a, a typical media guy. Like <laughs> well, we're getting to the, the hockey stuff. I want to talk to you a bit about Darnell Nurse a little bit later on, so we'll tease that. Uh, but I want to get to a couple machinations that have occurred in the broadcast industry over the course of the last week, and one is John Tortorella ending up at ESPN. Now, we know that Wayne Gretzky uh, has gone to TNT. Uh, we know that Mark Messier has gone to ESPN, but I'm wondering yep. whether or not giving... Uh, uh, the personality and how demonstrative John Tortorella can be at, at times, though I'm told he's significantly mellowed in age uh, with Columbus. At least that's what I was told. How do you think uh, he, this incarnation of Torts will do on ESPN? Well, I, I think you have to ask what the end goal is uh, for John Tortorella. Is John Tortorella's end goal uh, to be on television for the duration of this contract, which I believe is seven years? Um, or do you want, or is John Tortorella's end goal to get back into coaching? Um, I believe it's the latter, and so I I suspect that John will be mellow. I think he will be uh, he he won't be as fiery. I don't think he'll want to take the time to upset anybody within the hockey community. I think he'll tell some great stories at times, and his analysis will be simple and effective. Uh, but I don't suspect any fireworks from John Tortorella at ESPN. And I, quite frankly, I, I think uh, any network that hires a guy like John is hoping that he will have fireworks. But I don't. I just don't see that because I think John wants to coach again. We have Rob McLean at this event as well. For years, partnered up with uh, Don Sherry. Are we ever going to see? Uh, I mean, is I mean Charles Barkley on TNT? He lets her rip pretty good, and it's really entertaining stuff at times. But have we got to the the place in society where you can't say anything? So if you push the envelope. Uh, you know, you, you've got people coming after you left and right uh, because, you know, frankly, 
uh, some would say that it's, it, it can be at times a bit of a woke fest out there, uh, that there's a significant push to be politically correct at all times. Does that eliminate from the uh, discourse? Uh, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What's your take on all that, John? Oh, uh, listen, our, our society's changing every day. We've seen this. So we've, we've seen it change. Gosh, we've seen it change, I think, Bob, in the last five years. Uh, not gradually, but drastically. Um, and I, I, I think that there is a challenge for people to go on the air and say something that would be viewed as controversial because uh, of, of a, a possible backlash from some corner of the community. And I, I do think that there are times where people will just not say anything uh, in order to try to avoid any controversy. I think that's, I think that's a fact of life. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't be entertaining. That doesn't mean you can't be a little controversial. Um, but in trying to do... Because you, you can do all of those things without, and, and still be politically correct. Right. But you have to really think about it. And you have to really understand it. And you have to believe in yourself. Um, and it's... It, 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 the days of putting somebody on the air without any... Uh, you know, governor? pre-planning. Oh, well, a governor's one thing, but pre-planning, understanding that this is, you know, that it, 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 it's it's a little more detailed than just getting on the air and, and spewing. I think those days are gone, uh, and I think that that's. I, I think I think people who want to get into the industry, former athletes want to get into the industry, think it's easy to do that. Uh, but the reality is, and you know this, Bob, is that, that this is something you work at every day. And if you can back up what you say on the air, if it's got a heavy opinion, if you can back it up with solid research and, and quality, quality background information, then you're going to be okay. Um, but you just have to be able to guard yourself. And I guess the word governor is a fair one. You, you, you have to guard yourself against being, um, you know, anti-something at some point. And that's really, that's really the issue everybody has the challenge of right now. John, uh, we're relying on your extensive experience uh, as an executive in broadcasting. What have you thought of the work of CBC? And you're so close to the U.S. border there, you've obviously been able to see some of the NBC stuff. Are, are we, you know, the combination of the various platforms that Canada gets, is it giving us a whole different experience than what Americans get with the Olympics coverage? Well, I, th- I, I think the Americans have changed, and I think the time zones, the 13 hours difference has changed. I mean, it, it, remember, uh, because of rights, we don't see all of the multitude of channels that NBC is actually putting on the air live during the day. Uh, we see the NBC feed, which is uh, out of either in York, uh, out of Seattle or Spokane, um, and it's really the the prepackaged. Uh, tape delayed um, event for prime time, which you know CBC has to do as well. Uh, but the rest of the day, there are multitude of channels. Uh, I'll tell you what I have I have watched a lot of Olympics, uh, Bob, but I, I I rarely watched the the CBC main network or NBC main network because I have loved the CBC app, uh, where you can actually go directly to the venue. Uh, and watch uh, the international feed from the Olympic broadcaster, and you can you, you you there are some that don't have commentary. Some of them just have the the sound of the event, 
but the fact is now you're able to program your own Olympic experience. If you go to the CBC app and just go to the venue, you can watch replays at any time. It's it, Quite frankly, technology, the Olympics have done a great job with technology, and the networks have done a great job with technology as well. All right, John. Uh, I'm not engaged as it, with it as much, though I did watch the 200 meters today, uh, early in the morning. The show's obviously going to the dogs, but I... Uh, yeah, my, you're bringing up the wrong tree, Bob. Yes. Uh, my my interest is, is certainly going to increase if we get the best of the best in the hockey world at the Olympics in the winter 2022. Where are we at in that regard? What are you hearing? What's the latest? Gary uh, on the podcast last week, uh, and and that was one of the questions we asked him. Uh, I, I, you know, I think they're hoping they're hoping to have some resolution in the next two to three weeks. He wasn't prepared to give a deadline, but he he says the sooner the better. Um, and I think he was quite candid when he said, you know, listen, if I had my brothers, we wouldn't go, but I made a promise, made a promise to the players that they would do their best. Uh, to make sure that they can go, but it, it, you know, it's in many ways, Bob. It's Groundhog Day for the National Hockey League and the the IOC and the IIHF and and the and this time the the Beijing governing uh, Olympic Committee uh, because it's the same issues that are jumping up every time. Sure, the the insurance issues and logistics can be addressed. But what about access? What about the ability of the NHL because of, of the commitment they're making for two weeks to use the Olympic rings? What about uh, uh, the ability of the NHL and its, uh, its, its website and its television network in the United States to use footage? And there are so many things that never, ever change. And, and it's been, it was the argument way back in 98 and then 2002 and 2006 and 2010. And it never seems to, it never seems to go away. Uh, I still believe in my heart that the players won't go uh, to Beijing. Um, But, um, you know, as the commissioner told us, that yes, he he did make a commitment and will do his best to make sure that they can go. But uh, I'm not holding my breath for it. How serious is the league right now looking at the situation with Evander Kane? Oh, I think that you know when you when you consider what has gone on this this summer, the the bruises that the NHL has taken, uh, whether it's the Logan Mayu draft uh, or the Chicago uh, sexual uh, harassment uh, inquiry or the Evander Kane issue, I think that they're they're taking them all seriously, um, and I think that they're trying to react as 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 positively as possible um, and as quickly as possible to try to make sure that there can be a resolution with making sure they have all the information. And, you know, there, there is a certain point where, in, particularly in Chicago and in San Jose, where this stops being a sports issue. Uh, and it starts to be a legal issue, and it starts to be a human issue. Uh, and that's when, you know, we, we always talk about how we enjoy being in this business because it's fun. Well, these issues aren't fun. These issues no. are serious, These you, you, and you have to show compassion. You have to show uh, complete uh, uh, involvement and understanding what the issues are, and then you have to let people can go in and independently arbitrate um, what resolution should happen. 
John Shannon joining us, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It is currently 144 in Edmonton. John, let's get on to Darnell Nurse. Uh, we've seen a run where we've seen a lot of defensemen get paid in the nines, including Seth Jones. Uh, I have a theory that it would benefit Edmonton to have uh, Nurse done on an eight-year deal, and the fans need to realize that he is an unrestricted free agent for all eight of those years. Uh, you know, he took uh, back-to-back bridge deals. He's going to make $5.6 million next year, but then he's a free agent, and so he's in the driver's seat in this negotiation. Short-term or long-term? My theory is long-term works better because it engages him, and he continues down the path of being, you know, a leader with Connor and Leon. And in fact, when Con- Leon and Connor's deals come up, maybe Nurse is part of the pitch. Hey, guys, let's keep this band together here. What's your take? Well, I think there's some logic to that, Bob. But I think there's also logic to a little bit of the other side and saying, and 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 quite frankly, I've heard numbers between four-year deals and eight-year deals. Uh, and there's an advantage to the four-year deal for Darnell when you consider that we're, we're, we're living right now in a flat cap era for at least the first, in my opinion, three years of, of what's going to happen in the National Hockey League when revenues are, are, are the such. Um, and, and, the play, and the players have signed off on this uh, through the extension of the collective bargaining agreement. Um, but f- tell me where the business is four years from now. Tell much how much better this business will be four years ago, four years from now, and I believe it will be. And, and, and does, does that make sense? You know, I mean, uh, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult proposition for both sides because you have to look into your crystal ball and wonder where the business is, where the sport is, where Darnell is. Uh, and I think that you could make an argument for both a four-year deal and an eight-year deal. I really do. Um, if I'm the Oilers and I can keep that number uh, rather reasonable, and my, my, my definition of rather reasonable has gone up a great deal in the last three yes. weeks, um, if you can keep the number reasonable, then you want, it, you want an eight-year deal. Uh, if, you're, if you're Darnell and you believe in yourself, uh, maybe you want the four-year deal. Because who knows how much big? Because who knows how much bigger uh, after four years at say eight and a half or nine will it be when Darnell can get into double digits? Are you saying that he could be making ten million a year? If in, in, in four years, in four years, uh, and, and Darnell, uh, I believe, if he if he took a shorter deal, if Darnell took waited, did a four year deal. I think he'd be a double-digit defenseman in, 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 by the end of the contract. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, that's that also. Because I think, I mean, we're, we're not that far away with guys of that ilk. When yeah. you think where Seth is and where Zach Wierenski is and where, where Makar is. Right. And, people and are you, say, well, if, if and... you want to put Nurse in that conversation, you know, four years from now, you know, $9 million today is $10 million in four years. Yeah, the, you know, I can tell you right now, my belief is a lot of the fans do not see Darnell as that player. Uh, they sh- it's interesting. Um, you take a look at the even strength numbers this the past year, and he was pretty good, John. He had, he had pretty good numbers, even strength. And people say, well, that was all driven because he got to play on a team with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Well, I mean, hey, listen, that's... You, you, 
there are lots of different uh, qualifications you can put on anybody in any contract. But I'll tell you what, I, I think that if, it, you know, do you believe that Darnell Nurse can grow some more? I do. I and do, I think that the, yes. I think, I think the growth we saw from Nurse this year has put him in that conversation. Just so the listeners are aware, Darnell Nurse finished tied for the NHL league in even strength goals by defenseman with 12. And some would say that is a statistic that is it can be a bit of an anomaly at times. Him and Jacobs Chikrin both had 12 even strength goals this year. In terms of even strength total points, uh, Darnell finished tied for uh, fifth. Uh, Chikrin, Carlson, Theodore, and Weger uh, mm-hmm. were ahead of him, and they were only a couple points ahead of him. So it, no, the, one of the things that limits what Darnell can do is that he's unlikely to be on the Oilers' power play in the foreseeable future. I mean, realistically, John, Tyson Berry's going to run that power play for at least a couple seasons, and Darnell and Evan Bouchard might be in the second power play unit, but the Oilers surely will go with a 1-3-1 formation on their power play, given that they've got McDavid, Drysettle, and Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman's probably going to be the net front next year. So... Um, it's going to be tough for Darnell to drive offensive numbers on a consistent basis if he is not on uh, a power play, and the Oilers have a heck of a power play. Yeah, but I mean, if you if if we are talking about you know numbers, uh, and this is one of, this is one of my pet peeves, um, you know, defensemen. Uh, d- defensemen, I think, sh- should be prepared, uh, should be earning their money for what they do in their own zone, not necessarily the offensive zone. Right, right. But, and, but there is, but there is an aspect, and it, there is an element that you have to sure put that power play in. But I mean, if 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 at some point Darnell Nurse isn't the best option on the power play, then you have to live with that, and that's the reality of the. That's the reality of that, you know, you, on the team you play on, as you talked about before. Uh, but I, I mean, I want, I mean, what I want from Darnell Nurse is I want him to play defense first. I want him to worry about playing defense first and being, being, you know, good five on five as opposed to worried about the power play. Great stuff, John. Uh, thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. Well, I know. Is this the Battle of Alberta or is this the Cam Moon Invitational? That's what I want to know. It's Cam was making the rounds last. Oh, just are as you he kidding was. me? Cam Cam could run for office today. Yeah, it's. I I've, I I don't know what it's like to be a broadcaster that's that popular. Because I don't think there's one like that. <laughs> Maybe I had somebody ask, and you, and you and you think I might? Are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. I was going to say I did have somebody ask me about Wes Montgomery. Now Wes Montgomery, when he was alive at Edmonton oh. uh, in the 1960s, for our old school listeners in the 60s and 70s, Wes was a mammoth radio personality in this. Yep, market. he sure was. Well, ask the weatherman from Red Deer. He he he's done pretty well as a as a personality yeah. too. Yes, he, he could is, run sir. for office too. So. Yes. Uh, no question about it. John, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Okay, Bob. Bye. 151 in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to take care of some business here. We're going to tell you that there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Rich Ford in Wetaskiwin is committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough, payments are an interest rate that's too high, or that you may want to uh, sell, refinance, or trade in for something different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Rich Ford. Give them a call, 1-877-477-3673, or visit Brent Brentridge.com. Uh, so we're wrapping up our uh, final hour here from the 
Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament for the Central Alberta Children's Advocacy Center. Uh, I will tell you that tomorrow is the toast of the town. The motto is uh, what we do today saves lives tomorrow. Uh, toast of the town will be representing uh, the Cure Cancer Foundation, recognizing the great work of the doctors and the researchers at Cross Cancer Institute, along with the tremendous community accomplishments of uh, Kevin Lowe. And that's, he'll be joining us on today's edition of Oilers Now. Um, so the proceeds uh, here in Red Deer for the two days, uh, again, go to the Children's Advocacy Center. You uh, you heard uh, Sheldon Kennedy eloquently uh, state, uh, you know, just uh, how important that is. And uh, and tomorrow we'll have the Toast of the Town. Kevin Lowe will be one of the uh, guests. Just in terms of the Toast of the Town, the proceeds go directly to the Cross Cancer Institute. Uh, Bob Nicholson, the Oilers Community Foundation, Oilers alumni are all Toast partners. There will be 14 uh Oilers attending alumni and special VIB guests include uh, Glenn Sather, Ron McLean, and Brian Burke, uh, Tim Hunter, and uh, special thanks and shout out to all the partners for both events uh, here at the Children's Advocacy Center Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament in Red Deer and uh, the Toast of the Town tomorrow. Again, we'll have Kevin on the show tomorrow, along with Louis DeBrusque, who's down here in Red Deer, and George LaRock. They will be our guests on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Brendan Escott is back at the 630 Chad Studios. We'll tell you Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list, there are 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. As we go into this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, we mentioned you can experience a great holiday on a Vancouver golf trip on a private jet, three nights hotel, just $699. Details, newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan. Back in 1999, former Oilers goaltender Bill Ranford re-signs with the team after six seasons splitting time with Boston, Washington, Tampa, and Detroit. The 1990 Conn Smythe winner would play his final 16 NHL games in Oilers colors before retiring after the 99-2000 season. Have you got any idea what Reed Wilkins has got coming up tonight on uh, Inside Sports? I do. Let me bring the message up here. You're going to actually hear from CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, Edmonton Elks receiver uh, Shai Ross, and a U of A track athlete Austin Cole on uh, Andre DeGrasse's gold medal for Canada in the men's 200-meter final. Again, tomorrow, Kevin Lowe, who will be a part of the Toast of the Town. He's also going to be on stage tonight as part of our event for the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament. We'll have Louis DeBras, George LaRock. Special thanks to Angie Quinnell, who had to get up at about 5.30 in the morning to get us all set up down here in Red Deer. All the support staff around the Battle of Alberta uh, Golf Tournament as well at the Red Deer Golf and Country Club. We'll be back in the studio tomorrow. Up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Coquat today from 2 to 3 p.m. and then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.